Loompa, Loompa, Doobity. He looks like Lord Farquaad from the first Shrek movie. If you didn't gather just what the hell I'm talking about, then you haven't been paying much attention to your local cinemas and movie theaters, because you know, if you were, you'd know that recently they made a prequel movie to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It's called Wonka, and it stars Timothy Chalamet as the titular chocolatier, and Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa, and ah, various other people as various other people. I know Keegan-Michael Key's in there. You would know that by looking at the trailers, but like, hey. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, this is uh, S&W Experience. No, it's that's not it. That ain't right. Scrap that. Scrap that crap hard. This is Moonlight Kingdom Podcast. I am your man on the moon. This is Moonlight Kingdom Reviews, ladies and gentlemen. And we will be reviewing the 2023 prequel, Wonka. Right here, right now on Moonlight Kingdom Reviews. Get ready to off in three, two, one. Oompa Loompa Doobity Dee. You look like a troll from Lord of the Rings. Ha! This is Moonlight Kingdom Reviews, if you couldn't tell. And we'll be reviewing the 2023 Timothy Chalamet starring I don't know who's directing. I don't know what studio made this prequel. Wonka. I didn't do any research on this like most because, well, let's be real. I just didn't want to. Anyway. We're going to dive right into it, you know, no background necessary, because this is clearly a prequel to Wonka, and, no wait, not a prequel to Wonka, this is Wonka, this is a prequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with uh, Johnny Depp, you know, this is Gene Wilder, it's a prequel to Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka, so, well, you can tell by the purple jacket and the hat, so yeah. Anyway, the movie starts with like this soft piano version of pure imagination. Opening it as Chalamet is at singing about being at sea for the last seven years. He's standing on a mask singing, you know, like as the, you know, city comes into view. Straight out of Despero with like the mouse being on top of, no, 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 he was a rat. Yeah, with the rat being on top of the mouse being like, I can see it. Woo, I can smell it. I can smell it. And like, you know, that's his thing. He can see the city, you know, like he's come to New York. Not New York. What's the name of this town? I don't know what the name of this town is, man. That's irrelevant. He's come to this town to make his fortune as a chocolatier. You know, that's why he's here. So he comes in with only 12 bucks to his name. And, you know, right off the bat, I got to say, I like Timothy Chalamet for this role. Uh, You know, I do like him for this role as this, like, zany, you know, pre-Willy Wonka and the Charlie Factory Wonka. It's like, this movie is kind of like the origin of Willy Wonka, except, yeah, it, it is. It's like the origin of Wonka in the style of, like, the Cruella prequel, kind of, because it's, hmm. I mean, it's, it's this, it's a prequel, let me just say that. It's a prequel to the events. You don't have to have seen the Willy Wonka movies, you know, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, all Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory, to, like, properly understand what's going on here. You can just watch this movie cold. It's good in that regard. Um, dude comes into the city, and not even a day in, he comes into the city with 12 bucks to his name, and by the end of the, 
day he's got like zero bucks to his name you know there's gag with the shoe shine kid who shines him up like one of his shoes he sends up one shoe for like an absorbent amount of money then he comes back he shines up the second second shoe and he has to pay him again and uh the kid's like following him around he's like hey can i like buff your coat and like at this point like wonka's running from him like no leave me alone because <laughs> it's like damn kid i already paid you like I don't, I don't need to, like, you're gonna fleece me for more stuff, you know, like, damn, I already paid you for, like, shoe shining that I didn't ask for, I don't need you buffing my coat or whatever, so he goes to stand outside this, like, uh, for sale store, and he dreams about, like, the kind of shop he ha- he's gonna have, and he has this whole song and dance number of, like, the Wonka store is gonna look like, and this cop comes to tap him on the shoulder and is like, no daydreaming, that costs X amount of florins, I think they are, X amount of money, he pays the money and it's like, like damn, dude, like <laughs> he's lost pretty much all of his money except for like three coins. And he's like going down the street and he sees like late at night, he sees his family that don't have anything to eat. They're cold and he gives them the rest of his money. It's like, damn, now I got no money to my freaking name. Thing is, this whole thing is taking place over the course of one big like song and dance number about like how he's come into the city. He's got X amount of money to his name. Here's his dreams and so on and so on. It's the the who am i song, the who i am song you know like in musicals there's the like the who i am and what the who i am and what do i want song you know like it's like this is basically his introductory theme that explains who this guy is and what he wants out of the story <clears throat> so he winds up staying at this hotel by this after being invited to it by this clearly shady dude and um I must say, you know, first Secret Invasion, then Heartstopper, and now Wonka. Man, Olivia Coleman really been busy this year. You know, she's one of the secondary villains of the film, along with this, like, discount, like, Kurgan-looking dude. You know, they both end up screwing over Wonka into living the building. Not, like, literally screwing him over, but, like, generally they screw him over in the financial sense. Like, they make him sign a contract, but, like, you know, he... They, you know, they're like, you know, the typical, like the really scummy record producer thing of like, oh, ignore the small print, just sign. And um, he, of course, signs it away because uh, he can't read. So, yeah, he just signs it and goes on because he's like, well, everything seems to be in order. He has no idea what the paper says, so he signs it anyway. He assumes everything's in order because surely nobody would, there's nobody untrustworthy in here. I mean, whatever. So, yeah. They trick him into, uh, uh, basically, it's the, the contract was this, uh, stay in the room will only cost you one coin. Like, you can pay the coin, like, when you check out, so that's fine. Next day, you know, Wonka tries to sell his chocolate, the chocolatiers shoot him down, and, you know, he has to basically, any, they basically find him for any, you know, funds that he did achieve selling the chocolate that he had, so like, whoa, no. Oh no, what was me? He's, but he's able to get one coin and he gets back and it's like, okay, I'm going to pay off like what I owe. Here's the one coin. And it's like, ah, yeah, it was one coin for the room. However, you, you did accumulate some other fees. Hotels do this. Hotels do have this thing of like, yeah, the room you paid for cost X amount of money. However, the other stuff that costs additional money that we didn't mention. Like, you know, when you go to a hotel and they have a mini bar or like i don't know you watch a movie or like like you watch a movie there or you order dinner or something they add that to your bill like okay okay i can understand room service and that but the freaking mini bar that should be free 
that that should be free that should be factored in to the price of the room i don't care what anyone says that should absolutely be factored into the price of the room and they kind of screw them over in that way they're like oh yeah you bathed you use the water you use the soap and you use the stairs to get there that's a fee that's a fee that's a fee and it all totals up to ten thousand dollars and he doesn't have ten thousand so like you're gonna have to work it off one dollar a day they don't say dollars so i'm just i'm just gonna say dollars i don't remember what the currency was so it's like one dollar a day that's like ten thousand days that's like what four years <laughs> yeah that's well a little under four years they throw him down the chute and he's working in laundry with the rest of the people who you know signed the contract and didn't see the fine print and weren't ever pay of fines now they gotta work it off and it just leaves you wondering how the hell does this hotel stay in business Think about it. How in the hell would this hotel stay in business if they did this to everybody? If everybody who ever stayed here, like, wound up working in this freaking laundry room, surely word would spread, right? You'd be out of business in a year if this happened. If everyone who checked into this hotel wound up working there for, like, years on end, no one would stay here. Like, for real. How many laundry people do you actually need? Whatever, man. Like, this is... This is ridiculous. Ah, oh, moving on. I'm not a fan of the Laundry song. I get that it shows how dreary and, like, like how much... How soul-sucking this job is. Like, the drudgery of it all. But the song itself is dreary. And it's like... It's like, scrub, scrub, scrub. Like, ugh. Dude, it's just so low energy. And dead and i get it the people singing it are meant to be low energy to show how miserable they are and how boring and laborious this task is that they're doing but come on man jeez this can you get through this already i yeah i just didn't like it it was so like ugh, man anyway uh in the hotel the people stuck in the hotel there's this guy uh abacus he was an accountant there's, um, damn. Yeah, yeah, Abacus the Accountant, Lottie Bell, she used to work in, like, the phone company. Uh, there's this black chick who was, like, a mechanic or something. I don't, I think so. And, uh, the comedian who isn't funny. There's, uh, I think that, oh, yeah, there's a little girl called Noodle. She tried to help Wonka earlier on and tried to tell him, like, read the fine print. But, like, he can't read, so that was fell on dear fears. And, like, her and Wonka end up becoming fast friends. And, you know, like, she helps him sneak out of there to try and make money sell chocolates. Um, and there's this moment where she reveals, like, he's never had, like, she's never had chocolate before. And he tells her, like, okay, Noodle, how do you like it? Dark? White? Nutty? Absolutely insane? Like, I heard him say that, and I'm like, man, are you talking about the chocolate or are you talking about you, dude? Like, <laughs> you just, this is a pretty apt description of yourself there, man. <sighs> anyway, uh, moving on from that bit. Flashback. We get a flashback, man, to Wonka as a kid. With his bomb, they're living on a boat. It explains why he's wait a minute, why he's here. It also has like the dead parent via mysterious illness cliche because she died. We don't know from what she just died. You know, like she got really sick and just wasn't around anymore. Anyway, 
after that, uh, you know, Wonka continues selling his chocolates to the people, and the chief's not too happy about it. Well, not the chief. The other chocolatiers aren't too happy about it. You know, like, because, like, oh, he's selling, like, quality chocolates that people can love, and it's getting in the way of us selling our watered-down version of it. You know, like, they bribe the chief with chocolate, and there's a whole song and dance number of them bribing the chief, and uh, it's just... Oof. We don't, I'm not really a fan of that. I'm not really a fan of this song, you know, like this. You know, it's just, it's, it's unnecessary. I mean, this scene is necessary, but like the song attached to it, like this didn't need to be a song. This could have just been a straightforward scene, but anyway. Um, so to replace the, so to get the milk to replace the chocolate that was, you know, taken, that just disappeared in the middle of the night, he's like, he tells a story of like, like Wonka tells a story of this little orange man who shows up middle of the night and steals chocolate from him. Like, of course, Noodle thinks it's nonsense, but like, you know, chocolate's been stolen and I need milk. Like, okay, here, you know, here's some milk that they get off the street. Like, well, we don't need to steal. Like, we need, like, giraffe milk. They go to the zoo. In order to get past the guard, they feed him a chocolate that's like several layers of alcohol in it. Like, it's champagne, it's white wine, it's whiskey, and it subdues the guard, like, at the zoo so they get past. So basically, they get, <laughs> they have a chocolate that can get you wasted in a matter of minutes. Like, damn, dude. That's, why Willy Wonka would invent that for like, I don't think that's chocolate for the masses. I'm pretty sure that's not, you know, that ain't something he would make for the, like the masses to consume. I think that's something that, also, why would this dude have this chocolate? Like, why would he have this chocolate just ready to go? Like, how old is he? I'm assuming he's in his 20s. So does that mean, like, at some point, like, dude had the genius idea to just have a chocolate that's, like, several different layers of alcohol, like, for himself? I'm assuming he tastes his product, because, weirdly enough, for a movie all about chocolate and the dude selling chocolate and feeding it to the masters, we never once actually see the dude try any of his own thing. I guess that, you know, lends credence to the thing of, like, never get high on your own supply. But, yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Oh, we see it... Yeah, later on, but like other than that, no. Moving on from that, so they get the zebra, no, not zebra, the giraffe milk, and um, they as they're escaping the zoo while floating on a bunch of balloons, not enough balloons to carry the both of them, mind you. There's a song, you know, that they both share, and it's actually really good for like the first twenty seconds until the auto tune kicks in, like. But hey, it's still better than the one that came before it, and. Timothy Chalamet can sing. I don't know why they're auto-tuning him, but, like, he can sing. Like, there are there is, a, like, a segment later in the film where he sings, and you can tell it's him singing. But, like, you know, because there's no auto-tune. There's no... I don't know where, but, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> at the point where he's, like... There's a point in the film where they're at the zoo talking the giraffe, and dude was straight up like Newt's commander from Fantastic Beast more than Gene Wilder, dude. I mean, he even does Dr. Doolittle better than RDJ in one scene. I mean, well, to be fair, Eddie Murphy did Dr. Doolittle better than RDJ. I mean, the animated Dr. Doolittle was better than RD. That's not knocking RDJ. It's just knocking that movie. But anyway, moving on from that. <clears throat> so after him and Noodle, they get down to safety. Like, he sees the, the police chief coming, tells her to run, and he just stands there to talk to the guy. And 
freaking the police chief is played by King Michael Key. He's starting to put on a bit of weight as he's consuming a lot of the chocolate that they're bribing him with. So he grabs him and he shoves him like head first into this like little pond, you know, like to try and intimidate him and drown him a bit. But like the pond has like this layer of ice over it. So he just grabs him and he shoves him head first into the into this ice, cracking it and going into the water. And I'm just looking and thinking, that's definitely a concussion right there. Like, uh, or you think there'd at least be some serious swelling or a cut or something. But he's just up and about like he went into regular like cold water. Like, he doesn't even react to the cold. You just went head first into like a sheet of ice into the water. You think he would he, he would be at least a little bit dazed or something, but like no. Also, that's a bit extreme. Even <laughs> even he registers that, he like, cause he thinks like he's being smart with him. Like, ah, uh, I don't. He's like he doesn't know like what's going on, so he like subs him in again. It's like, do you hear me? And he brings him up. He's like, well, I had a bunch of water in my ear, so like, oh, like oh, I'm sorry, man. I just. Like, look, the other chocolate, the other chocolate guys, they want you gone. Like, he just lays it out, like, calmly and everything, you know, like, you know, like, get gone or it's going to be more than a bump on the noggin. Like, like, what, like, what bump on the noggin? Oh, oh, sorry about that. Like, oh, I was, oh, silly me. I forgot. And then he, like, plunks him right on the head. So whatever. This story, as I'm looking at it, I just noticed something kind of odd. Like, it's a pretty weird comparison but it's kind of reminiscent of breaking bad you know like because wonka's chocolate is basically like lsd or like a pure version of coke and the chocolate the cartel is the chocolate cartel is the established drug cartel selling you like the stepped on watered down product the chief of police is in their pocket they even have the hero assembling his own team and executing an elaborate plan to take them all down and come out on top. I mean, it's seriously giving Breaking Bad vibes. But anyway, moving on, you know, the music when Wonka is selling chocolate to the masses is kind of reminiscent of the hot chocolate song from Polar Express. You know, like, especially when he's literally giving out like hot chocolate because like I just I heard that I can't play any of it and I can't really remember the words, but like. I just saw it, and all I could hear in my head was, Hey, we got it. Hot, hot. Oh, we got it. Hot, hot. Say, we got it. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, just, that's not a bad thing. That song is good. Don't mind me, but that is, it is a good song. But, like, you know, just thought I should mention that. Your suspension of disbelief may have been tested earlier throughout the movie but now it is going to be pop quizzed hot shot because this is the point of the movie where we get to see hugh grant as an oompa loompa and i must say it's not an oompa loompa like the ones in um the tim burton one because that was just a dwarf copied a dozen times over and it was kind of creepy when you saw all of them like right next to each other when they were spread out throughout a scene, it was like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. But when it, they were right next to each other, it was creepy as hell. Like, just seeing this one identical dude standing next to a bunch of other identical dudes wearing the same clothes, like, moving around. And it was even more creepy when the songs would kick in and they would be wearing different clothes. Like, when Mike TV goes into, that's not a here nor there. We were, dude looks like Lord Farquaad from Shrek. And he's here for the reason to take back the amount of chocolate Wonka owes him. 
since he stole cocoa from the Oompa Loompa Island, like he stole four huge pieces of cocoa. So, you know, <clears throat> he's here to take back a thousand fold because like that's Oompa Loompa law or something. And he's been stealing chocolate from him every chance that he gets. That's what he means by like, there's a little orange man who's been stealing my chocolate. Nobody believes it because it sounds like nonsense. Like the little orange man came into my room last night and stole my chocolate. Like, come on, dude. Anyway, so he takes it and he leaves. You know, he's also, he's kind of a jerk, man. Like, not even kind of, he is a jerk. Like, he just, like, clonks Wooly on the head, takes the chocolate, and then he bounced out. Like, what the heck, man? If you just explained your case from the get-go, like, it would have been a thing. Like, he probably would have just made enough chocolate to get you out of there. But, hey, whatever. We almost get a repeat of what happened to the giraffe from Hangover Part 3 when the Wonka gang took a giraffe and... Oh, damn! I forgot. I forgot something. The store! They've actually managed to, you know, sneak out and sneak back in enough times to set up a little store and, you know, sell chocolate to the masters. They're open for, like, one day before, you know, something... People start having these adverse reactions to Wonka's chocolate. It's later revealed that they were sabotaged. So, you know, Wonka makes a deal with the bad guys. It's like, okay pay off everybody's debts at the hotel, you know, like the crummy hotel, and I'll leave. That's the deal. So he leaves. They try to kill him anyway, even though he's leaving, but he makes it back to the mainland, and him and the gang come up with a plan. <clears throat> the plan involves, like, taking the giraffe from the zoo and taking it with them to the church. That's why I'm like, we almost got a repeat of what happened to the giraffe from Hangover 3, because when they were driving the giraffe there, they came across a bridge, and it's like, oh no! But this one, fortunately, ducked. So, like, okay, good. We didn't get that horrible repeat. That was never going to happen. But, like, still, there was that moment of, oh, wait. Uh, this happened in Angle 3. Like, oh, no. And, like, ducked in time. Like, yeah. There's three main bad guys in this movie. I haven't mentioned them much because, well, they haven't been that interesting. But, yeah, there's three main bad guys. Really, it's just one main bad guy and his two associates. And they're he one henchman. They, like, all have one henchman. Like, whatever three main bad guys representing three different chocolate companies that all seem that are all actually one chocolate company which you know if anybody found out about it, it would be illegal but like anyway they're like the main like the richest people in town the three main bad guys and the main guy the black guy mr snugworth his can best be described as we have john collar esposito at home that's all i gotta say on that um the chief starts as regular Keegan-Michael Key, but by the end, he's basically Professor Clump from Nutty Professor. That's how much chocolate he'd be consuming. That's how much he's being bribed. Like, what the hell? <sighs> so, yeah, there's a part where the, you know, Wonka and Noodle make it inside the secret vault that the bad guys have. With all their incriminating evidence, they, you know, manage to get inside, but the bad guys catch them and lock them in this room. And their plan is to drown them with chocolate. Uh, that's the, so, you know, it's the cliche bad guy thing of like, I'm going to leave the, bad, the good guy in a perilous situation where they will surely perish, but I will not stick around to make sure that it happens. And that's what ends up happening. They end up putting them in this giant room that they plan to fill with chocolate so they'll drown. And uh, this isn't real chocolate. You can tell this ain't real chocolate because there's no effing way they're going to waste, like, that much. There's no way a steer is going to buy that much chocolate 
dump that much chocolate for the purpose of a gag. This is just colored water of some kind. You can tell because the way it sticks to them. If it was actually chocolate, there is no friggin' way you'd be able to swim in that. There's no way you'd be able to see in that. If it, like, covered you head to toe, you would not be able to see. You wouldn't be able to... It would be, a, it would be like, too thick to move around in. So, like, I get it for interest of safety. It's, like, just water. It's just, like, colored water, you know? <clears throat> but, yeah. Um, damn, I forgot. Rowan Atkinson's in this movie. He's this funny priest he's like the funniest of the villains he's also a secondary villain but like he's the funniest of the two second of the three sets of secondary villains damn he's funnier than coleman funnier than michael key because michael key's whole thing is like that scott steiner promo about samoa joe you know he's fat that's his whole thing but yeah sorry for the people with earphones <laughs> moving on He's fat and he's getting fatter. So fat he needs help getting off the ground when he crouches down to get something. So fat he needs help getting out of the car. That kind of fat. And like, that's his whole shtick. And Olivia Coleman's shtick is that she's just horrible and greedy, I guess. She ends up falling for like the discount Kurgan looking dude because she thinks he's somebody. But it's, he's not. Moving on. Uh, Rowan Atkinson's pretty funny because he's this priest. And there's this really funny opening scene where this little girl asked him, like, asked him for some chocolate. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, my dear, I don't have any. And as he turns around, he immediately puts a piece of chocolate in his mouth. Like, you lie, you sneaky, look, you goes inside. And he's he's actually really funny. I, I know I could go in detail, but like, just watch the movie and you'll see. He's, what's really disappointing is he's a really funny character, but he only shows up in the middle of the movie. And like towards the end, he's not there throughout like the rest of them are, which is odd. But anyway, <clears throat> moving on, moving on from that. It's really good. Uh, it's not. Oh, yeah. So after they've vanquished the bad guys, save the day, it's, you know, greatest showman type business. You know, like the bad guys are vanquished. Wonk has got, you know, his store set up and he's selling chocolate to the masses. We get the moral of the story. It's not the chocolate that matters, it's who you share it with, which is this movie's way of saying, it's not the bat, it's the batter. Or, in less colloquial terms, it's not the, the real chocolate was the friends we made along the way. Which is just, wow. Sappy, very sappy, but fitting for a movie about chocolate. Yeah. So... There was a side story. Wonka sings pure imagination as Noodles meeting her mother for the first time. There was a whole side story that I'm not really going to get into. Uh, it doesn't really fit with this scene. You know, it just doesn't really fit with this scene. What does pure imagination have to do with a child reuniting with his mother, with her mother for the first time? And um, But later on, it does fit because when he's standing in the ruins of this old castle and he's envisioning what it could look like, how he could turn it into a factory and what it would just look like when it was done that perfectly fits because that involves pure imagination he's imagining this it's not happening it's it is infinitely a world of pure imagination because in the gene wilder one when they step into the room he sings like into a world of pure imagination and it shows like that's how this started. That's how that ended up becoming a reality. It started off as an idea, as this thing that he imagined 
in its early stages, you know, in these ruins. <clears throat> so yeah. Um Oh yeah, 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 yeah. As the credits roll, the Oompa Loompa comes back and he tells us what happened to the other characters in the aftermath of the story. Uh, you know, everyone happy endings all around, except for uh, Olivia Coleman and, you know, Discount Kurgan. They ended up getting arrested by the police, but they ended up, but they downed, like, jugs of, like, some weird liquid and it gave them blue skin and funny hair and, like, warts and stuff. I saw that and I'm just thinking, why? Why? What is that? What is that you're drinking? Is that the wonky Wonka chocolate stuff that you'll be eating? What is that stuff? Why are you all fun looking? Why are you doing this? Like, why don't you just... Whatever, man. I guess they wanted comeuppance, but they didn't know how to get them to do that. So they just had them do that so the story could wrap up and they bad guys would have a comeuppance. But whatever. Um, yeah. Okay. Timothy Chalamet can sing, as the song during the credits shows, which honestly makes you wonder why they kept auto-tuning him throughout. You know, anyway, um, the movie is one part Greatest Showman, one part Cruella, one part Breaking Bad. Uh, yeah, and three quarters of a good time is what it is, largely. You know, it's not a all good, it's not all bad, it's definitely... It's one of those movies where I like it, but I have no reason to see it again. It's a 7 out of 10. Yeah, it's a 7 out of 10 chocolate slabs on that one. Yeah, that's my thoughts on Wonka. This has been Moonlight Kingdom Reviews 2023's Wonka. Uh, Timothy Chalamet was well cast. I like the movie was well cast all around for what it was attempting to do. People, everybody seemingly felt right in the roles. There were no roles I could look at and be like, you know, I wonder, I think someone else could have done this better. Like, I don't really, you know, see it like that. I mean, maybe Swamp Keegan-Michael Key with Jordan Peele, but I don't know, you know, like, just, I'm not saying that's what we should do. I'm just saying, like, that's how it could have been done. But, hey, you know, moving on from that. Um, yeah, I definitely give this movie a 7 out of 10. It had some good songs. It had some solid moments to it. Uh, I, um, I felt like it could have worked without the songs. The movie didn't need the songs. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory wasn't a musical per se as much as it was a movie that had songs in it. You know, this movie could have worked as a movie. Like, just take out the songs, have the movie function as is. It could have worked. It wouldn't have worked as good, but it could have worked. So, yeah, this is 7 out of 10. I remember coming out of it, I'm thinking, like, oh, that was enjoyable, you know, 8 out of 10. But now that I've had time to actually sit on it and think on it, I'm like, would I watch it again? No. So, it's like a 7 out of 10. Because, like, while it is a good story, I have no desire to see it again. I've got no reason to want to see it again. I've seen, I mean, if you've seen this kind of movie, you've seen it all. You know, like, seen them once, seen them all. If you've seen Greatest Showman, you know how this movie's going to play out. You know, if you've seen Kerala, you have an idea how this movie's going to play out. So, yeah, that was my thoughts on, that's Moonlight Kingdom Reviews, Wonka 2023. This has been your Man on the Moon. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Ma. And uh, Gene Wilder performance of that song, Pure Imagination, was great and all, but Josh Groban is amazing. That's all I have to say to you.